0: Welcome to The Elephant on the Couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome to The Elephant on the Couch. I am your host, Tanya. And I am your co-host, Dulce. So welcome back to episode number 10 already. I can't believe that. We've been doing this for 10 weeks already. 10 weeks. Yeah.
1: That's like what? That's not even the first trimester of pregnancy. I'm not impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> to be like, damn, eh, 10 weeks already? I I've been committed to something this long. 10 long weeks of and commitment. And so we're not done with the first trimester. I am not convinced we are committed to each other. Uh, i don't believe it's real okay. where's my ring at <laughs> i guess not never
0: mind then scratch my excitement of being our 10th episode
1: how you doing dulce how you doing i'm actually doing a lot better i was uh listening so to our episode because i'm narcissistic um
0: <laughs> i do and, too. I,
1: and i know that i wasn't doing like at 100 in the past couple of episodes but i feel like today i'm, I'm more positive I I definitely have some momentum going. Mm -hmm. It's been reflecting in my job. It's been reflecting in my personal care. Um, So, I think there's positivity going around. Okay. We're heading to the hundred. I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely heading to the right direction. I'm not chugging along anymore. I'm actually enjoying my movement forward. Yeah. Nice. Good. I'm glad to
0: hear that you're doing better. You look much better.
1: How are you? I am
0: doing great. <laughs> I'm very mindful. I, I know, that. I see that. That's she even okay. closed her eyes. And yeah, like, I, I, I'm doing good. I'm excited. We have a new baby. I was talking about that last episode, so she is born. She is here, healthy, beautiful little baby, so I'm excited. We actually have two babies in the family. In the my family, there's two new members, so that's always good. New life, you know, like... Hope. New, hope, yeah. For the world what about you i am doing good i feel like i've been in a really good mood the other day i found myself just singing Actually. which is something that i do often I, I i have you guys know that i this is a thing that i do if you ever see me driving around you will probably catch me singing and dancing and doing the whole choreography situation in my car because that's what i do and i found myself like i was literally like opening the fridge and i caught myself and i was like I'm in a good mood. I, I think I actually said it. I was like, I'm in a good mood today.
1: Damn it. <laughs> yeah. The grinch coming out. Like, what is this? Yeah, no, but I, I've been in a good mood lately. Yeah, yeah, your vibe is definitely very positive.
0: I think we are the world. I mean, the world is crazy right now, still. A lot going on, but personally, I'm doing good we are good i am happy we're recording we're steady going yeah with the we definitely
1: had a full-blown session of like singing to shakira songs prior to starting yes. the podcast so shakira. i think there's definitely positivity going around
0: yeah we were right talking now. about how i miss the old school shakira music because the whole waka waka thing not my vibe waka waka didn't she do the waka waka for the soccer it was, yeah it was for thing. the mundial mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it's not
1: my nos vibe mundial, but i was like i really miss
0: the old school shakira like
1: which she does have songs but homegirl over here just stereotypes this amazing artist based on Sue what me. she's releasing with <laughs> yeah. like maluma and all of these other artists and you should listen to the actual album Shakira, shout out to you. I just gave you some promotion, girl. Oh, yeah, because Shakira to needs... To our
0: six <laughs> listeners. Shakira needs the our people <laughs> on the elephant on the couch. <laughs> Let's keep it 100, people.
1: She's my favorite artist, by the way.
0: Mm. I She's didn't know that. Artist. I like... All-time
1: favorite artist. Okay. I don't I don't know that I have an all-time favorite artist. Hmm.
0: I'll have to think about that one.
1: I have different artists for different genres, but I think, like, in general, Shakira's like it for me your go-to my go-to i have mm. every single album i know every song it's pretty stickety. i don't know
0: who would be for me that's a good question now i'm kind of like pondering on this and this is probably gonna be the whole episode now <laughs> <laughs> yeah can, can we, I? Can we yes. move on now thanks <laughs> i think that's a good uh I'm gonna i'll check about in that. with you next week yes for next week like if we class. don't forget <laughs> i will come back and tell you who my favorite all-time, all-time artist artist is but today we're gonna be talking about i don't know if we're gonna call it situation shifts <laughs> or red flags in relationships or toxic just toxic connections Toxic con Oh, I like that. Toxic connections.
1: I should just be the title master of
0: this show. <laughs> so, full disclosure, <laughs> 500 words in a title is just not helpful. <laughs> Dulce was giving me crap because she's like, "Why did you name our last Constructive episode Constructive criticism, okay? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I was not in a mental space to receive that." But she's like, that was a long (laughs) title. Coming out in the Latina community plus cancel culture. And I was like, no, it wasn't. And then I go back and I look at it and it was. (laughs)
1: whole paragraph. The synopsis. It's not a title, it's a
0: synopsis. Yes. So for but yeah, today we're gonna be talking about red flags that we maybe ignore or overlook in the early stages of dating and sometimes even long-term dating. How this can potentially lead to situationships or toxic connections, connections like Ms. Lutz is saying over here. So, where do you want to start with this?
1: I think we need to start at the root of the problem. That's 100% a therapist talking <laughs> right there. But I think we really need to um, address toxic relationships, define what it means. Mm. To be in a toxic relationship and what what might lead you to be in a toxic relationship. So I'm gonna start off with a a quote that I read a few months ago. Um <clears throat> that I don't agree with a hundred percent, but I agree with the message. Uh, the mm-hmm. quote is the person who you're with is a reflection reflection of who you are. And I don't really like the who you are piece because it's not necessarily like, it's not really a reflection of Mm. who you are, but it's definitely a reflection of what you need, of what you want, a reflection of what you think is the ideal situation or Mm -hmm. the ideal relationship. Your choices are a reflection of your choices at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, it's very important that as you start looking at your partner or the person or if you don't have a partner, but your potential partner or who you desire to be with you, um, you start really sitting down and thinking of what is it that you might need versus what you might want. Mm. Or what is it that you are responsible for your own self in order to attract Mm, what you desire or what you need okay i like that i like
0: that and full disclosure before moving forward we are not couples therapists i'm not you're not like specifically that that is something that we focus on not personally of course we at some point come across that in our field and we address that with clients and how those dynamics are impacting everything else in their life However, is not for me. I'm gonna speak for myself. Is here is not my forte. My forte. I
1: I I'm very comfortable with couples therapy. Mm-hmm. I have actually had clients, and I and I and I am very comfortable in that space. But I'm definitely not an expert in that field. It's not. I'm not going to say it's not my forte, but I, but I will say that it's not the only focus that I have as a therapist. I think I focus more on children Mm -hmm. and families. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Because Um, my, my, my experience has been more in the clinical setting. It's been more in children and family, children and individual and trauma. However, it's like a couple in the verge of getting a divorce. I've never be that the the focus, right? Like that they come to me for that. Like marriage
1: therapist. Right. Yeah. We're definitely not marriage therapists. Yes,
0: we are not marriage and family therapists. There yeah. is an actual certification that in is for licensure that in licensure, that. and you go to school for that specific title. Mm-hmm. Bless your We're guys' heart.
1: <laughs> I am not. We are that. not that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But we, I do have experience mm-hmm. with working with couples, um, and and I do, I do want to say that I have been very, 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 very involved in domestic violence advocacy. Uh, teen dating violence, uh, I've definitely done trainings right. for teenagers to identify teen dating violence. I've um, been very involved in the community as far as advocacy for domestic violence victims. Um, or I don't like calling victims, not victims, we're survivors. Or survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but domestic violence survivors and really getting into the law and how to protect these these vulnerable population. And so I'm actually very comfortable in identifying the patterns Um, in identifying the wheel of power and control and helping, um, survivors get out of the relationship. So, so I, I do feel very comfortable talking about toxic relationships and what this might lead into. Mm -hmm. Like that's a topic that I, that I can say, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on, but I'm very active. Right. Uh, but I don't practice marriage and family therapy. Right. And that was my
0: point. Like, I want to make sure that we throw that disclosure in there and we're fully transparent about this is not our training and background. We, of course, come across it in our field because we are mental health professionals and social workers and it's a part of the family at the end of the day. However, this conversation is not through the lens of the quote-unquote expert in marriage and family. Yeah. Full disclosure. I said it. (laughs) It. and so. this is and, and the focus of this relationship is going to be past that honeymoon stage because that's when we're at our best behavior all of us right right we are wearing our glitter goggles our heart-shaped goggles and we see everything is perfect and everything is rainbows and butterflies and we're both effortlessly just
1: clicking and it's the best time of your life. And then
0: this happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like the the um honeymoon stage can be anywhere from two weeks to six months. Sometimes even a year. I was gonna say a year probably, honestly. Depending on the on the on the person
0: and then and, 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 and their their dynamic. And the pattern of like you break up and then you get back together again and then you have another little honeymoon and then shit hits the fan and then Break up and then you get together again and you see another honeymoon so that's a whole nother cycle of abuse and that Power pattern and control. yeah yeah but that can be why you see a little glimpse of oh this is how it felt like in the beginning so we're back to normal
1: are you right right so i think it's important that as we describe toxic relationships we're talking about relationships that really take a toll on your persona This is relationships that take away from you more than they foster in you. Conflict is going to happen in relationships. That is typical. There's always going to be something that... Because it would be amazing if two people met and they just clicked and then everything was butterflies and rainbows until they get married. Right. And then after they get married and happily ever after. Like, that's not the case. I think there's always like a tug war in a relationship there's always like a give and take that compromise has to continuously happen Mm -hmm. um but we are really focusing on relationships that take a toll on you on your self-esteem on your person on your emotion on everything so when we talk about toxic relationships and we talk about these things like you might be going through something kind of like tough on your relationship and maybe we're we're hitting a couple of points and you're like, Oh my God, this is a toxic relationship. It might not be the case. It might just be that you're going through like, this man is great. Or this woman is great. You've been through there. Like you guys have been fine for a whole year. And right now you're going through a tough patch. Like it's okay. Right. But, but it's more to shed light on the relationships that are really taking a toll on you.
0: Right. I was, we were talking about that, um, about relationships and whatnot. And the way in my head, it makes sense. is like, you've, picture this line, this spectrum. And on one side is one person in the relationship. And on the other side is my significant other. Right. And for the most part, we're kind of like in the middle of that line, right? Back and forth. That's where we maneuver and where we live most of our lives. But then something might happen where my partner needs to step in. And like you're saying, right, like we're going through something and he's there for me and he's supporting me and he's holding on to the relationship, right? And, and making it happen and making it continue. And then this isn't me just throwing my arms up in the air and giving up and not putting effort in the relationship and not compromising and doing all of that work that it takes in relationships. But sometimes it might be me on the other side of the spectrum, meeting his needs and being there for him. And that's what a healthy balance will be. Like sometimes one person is doing more. Sometimes the other person is doing more. But if you... Think about your relationship and most of the time you're kinda like in the middle back and forth, then I think that's a pretty healthy space to be at.
1: Yeah, I think um <clears throat> I'm big to me, like when I hear people say when it's good is great, but when it's bad is hell. Mm. Like that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Uh because it is. It shouldn't be so bad that it's hell. Mm. Like it should be bad enough that it's tolerable. Maybe to a point that you're like, I'm going to go sleep with my mom for a couple of days because I can't stand your face right now. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be to a point where it feels like hell. Right. Like if it's moving to those extremes. ooh Ay. Yeah. So before we start moving into the red flags, why, why do you think that people engage in toxic relationships? My little therapist friend, Tanya. (laughs) Well, as I
0: said before, I tend to look at things from a very environmental, multisystemic perspective. And that's my training as a social worker and systems and whatnot. But I tend to look at everything. Like I was explaining the other day, whenever episode about our upbringing, our values, environment, what we see, the examples that our parents show us growing up, the people that we're surrounded with and whatnot, our culture all of that plays a role right so to me when i think of red flags and toxic connections that's what my brain goes like something about your upbringing is making this dynamic feel normal or acceptable or that that's what you deserve so it's 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 pretty much that it's growing up your environment that's all you know. This well, is as good as it gets, and, and that's what you And do. the thing
1: is, like, as a child, your parents teach you how to love. hmm So, like, whatever love was in your family, you're probably going to seek a pattern, that, a partner that fulfills that pattern. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That was hard to say. That's <laughs> a handful. I know. But it, to my point, putting aside my accent, um, I think it's very important that you keep in mind that whatever pattern you had within your family relationship you there is a very high likelihood that you're gonna bring that pattern into the relationship Mm -hmm. or that you're gonna be expecting that pattern from your partner right so if you had parents that are very dismissive or parents that maybe denied affection or something along the lines it's very likely that as you keep getting into a relationship with someone Um, that someone maybe dismisses your emotions Mm -hmm. or that someone um, shames you or whatever your parent used to do when you were a child, your brain just kind of says like, oh, I know how this feels. This is typical. I felt it at home. Mm -hmm. Therefore, what he or she is doing is okay because that's their way of showing me their love. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes familiar chaos is better. Than the unknown or whatever else, or it's the unhealthy chaos. The, right? healthy, the healthy, right? The the healthy alternative. Unknown. Yeah, I'm so, I'm I'm in my comfort zone when it's chaotic, and unhealthy and toxic because that's all I know. So, this is this feels good. I feel safe here, as much as we might see it as like eh, not the best for you.
1: I think a uh, a big piece of that is also boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you grew up in a family where boundaries were not really set, like, it, and this is talking about emotions and space, if you had a parent or you have family traits in which boundaries are not really respected, mm-hmm. like, if you're already at a point that you're mad and you've already verbalized, I'm mad, I need you to leave me alone because I'm mad, and your parent or your siblings are like, Tell me, tell me, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? You shouldn't be mad. You shouldn't be mad. Mm -hmm. And then you have like this explosion happen. Um, When you get into a relationship with someone who doesn't push you, you're like, oh, it's because you don't care about me when I'm mad. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like that's an un... unconscious need that you want like Mm -hmm. I need you when I'm mad to be so concerned that you push me to the limit and I explode because that's what I got when I was younger and that helps me release the anger that I have Mm -hmm. but if you have a family where you say I'm really mad and I need you to give me my space because I'm at a point where you're I'm gonna hurt your feelings and I'm gonna hurt myself when I say hurt myself I mean like When you explode, you hurt yourself. There's a lot of shame Mm -hmm. in exploding. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a family that respects that space and it gives you the time to cool off, if you find a partner that is able to respect the boundaries, you're like, oh, okay, this is a healthy partner. Mm -hmm. But if you find a partner that is not really respecting those boundaries, it's very common that if you do come from a very safe or healthy relationship with your parents, that you're able to say, uh... This is not okay. You're not respecting my boundaries. Mm -hmm. There's some needy codependency going on, and I'm gonna step away from it.
0: Right. Or even the fact when when as younger, I'm talking like little babies. Like if I say no to something, right, and it can be pretty dismissive. Like, what do you mean no? Like do this, like because I said so type of thing. Like right. At, At very early in age, you already start seeing how your word is not enough doesn't hold any value the moment i say no i don't want to do that and, and i mean it's a very fine line between of course parenting you're not gonna let your kids just they say no and they're entitled little shits and they don't do anything <laughs> right but it's that uh, that guidance into the why there's no it's important their they're no it's important their yeah mm-hmm. exactly they're no it's important and it's it's a very fine line i'm not just saying here like let your kids, the moment they say no, then okay, they don't have to do chores or anything, but just that small little things that we similarly don't pay attention to and we don't think about the moment I said no to something and it got dismissed. It, my voice didn't hold any value. Then I internalize that. And I don't get to say no later when I'm 35 years old and I'm dating somebody. I don't get right. to say no because my no doesn't matter. Right.
1: I think that was a really tough lesson for me to learn mm-hmm. The no, mm-hmm. like, um, for a very long time, saying no was very shameful in my family like you don't look at people in the eye when they're talking to you you Mm -hmm. say yes ma'am you look down you don't talk back and and that really like put me in a space where I wasn't able to set my own boundaries Mm -hmm. so here you got here you have a 25 24 year old Latina who's trying to be something in the world right and someone comes into this world to to her life and says you got to do this this and that and I'm like Thank you, but uh, this doesn't feel right. But if mm-hmm. I say no, I'm gonna hurt my partner's ego. Right.
0: Or you say no initially, and then they know that if they push hard enough, you're gonna say yes. Right.
1: Right. Because mm-hmm. it's a family culture. Right. Right. Where now, like, if you tell me, Lisa, do this, I'm like, no. Like, I'm so comfortable just right. being like, nah, thank you, but you can keep that to yourself. But no, but, no thank you. But I think, like, even understanding what healthy is could be mm-hmm. a little tough when you come from a family that doesn't really even understand what healthy is, right? right. And that
0: and that goes into that leaves space for that self-blame and that's it's as good as it's good. As it's gonna get. This is what I deserve in life. Cause this is that my the ultimate figure in my life that's supposed to give me the unconditional love. This is what they did. So this is as good as it gets why what can i expect anything different from my partner because the one the mother figure the father figure that is the ultimate uh, love they did that so okay that's my definition of love so that's what i'm going to accept right or that that's the love they had
1: yeah Mm -hmm. like uh, you as much as we want to say no it doesn't really have an effect like I think as grown adults, we really do look it up to our parents and the relationship that they had mm-hmm. as a way for us to measure our relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, my mom and dad have been married for 50 years and he cheated on her, beat her ass, treated her like crap. And she's here and she's happy now. So I guess this is what I got to deal with and in order to be likewise, happy. Yeah. right? Um, or Or the expectation that like, you know, being alone is like the worst thing that could ever happen to someone. Like how dare Mm. you be a forty five year old person without no kids and not being married, you're gonna be be alone forever and rotten in hell. Like, you know, like there's no independence and happiness and just being alone. Like it's such a radical idea right within the family. That's why we started talking about
0: Shakira. Shakira. Shakira Shakira, Shakira. Because the song says Something along the lines, but if by 30 you're not married, then you're like vistiendo vistiendo santos. santos, like that's then you're alone for the rest of your life. That's how we started, <laughs> yeah, because secure. we were really
1: talking about the cultural beliefs, right? Like, right. I think, uh and I know we bring it back every time to culture, but that's who we are, right? Um, and in border towns, specifically where we're from, like, if you're not married by 25, honey.
0: But culture doesn't only mean Mexico, U.S., Guatemala, El Salvador, Canada, whatever country, ethnicity, but also the culture within the family system. The mm-hmm. culture that your parents and your extended family carry out when it comes to religion and values and the way they talk, the music they listen to, the food
1: they eat, and I everything. think it's such a tough like, space to be in in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm going to say that, and I have the liberty to say that, is because... Because I'm in the U.S.? (laughs) Because I'm here and I'm not going nowhere. Just kidding. (laughs) But uh, it's because we have such diverse population that, you know, we have cultures where they believe you can only marry within your own race or your own culture. And then, like, the love of your life is outside of that culture, and you kind of have to push back in those cultural mm. beliefs within your own family. Right. Um, there are times where people kind of have to get in the space where they have to question the beliefs that they have within their family to be like, is that really what happiness means? Right. And they get into the space of a relationship with with a significant other. And they start thinking like, wow, you can actually act like that? You can think like that? That's acceptable? Yeah. Because that wasn't a culture within your family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what I mean where sometimes, I mean, the way I look at things is like, a lot of the times, things, the way your thoughts work and everything, come from that, from childhood unmet needs, things that we saw and we're not blaming. It's not about putting responsibility of old well, Then, Oh, it's your guys. Like go home and tell your parents like you guys messed me up. Right. But it is about getting a deeper understanding of why we do the things that we do, owning it and working on it.
1: Yeah. Right? And I think like our responsibility is to break, break the trauma, break mm-hmm. the pattern, break that historical pattern. Like, if I know that if my family shaming and talking back is a way of showing love, and I'm not okay with it, guess what? I'm teaching my daughter to talk back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That little girl can talk back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's part of like really changing the patterns. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that I do want to like really touch base on as we talk about these familiar part familial patterns, is the um, family roles. I think that's a really big piece. That is important to address because mm. people don't really understand how their family roles affect. Right. There is a theoretical framework that has to do with like the um, place in your family, the oldest child, the middle child, the younger child, and the little child. But in an abusive household or in a household where their addiction is happening or there some sort of dysfunction happening, mm-hmm. there are roles. Um, there's the hero, the scapegoat, the clown, the mediator, and the martyr. And they, and they change. You right. can actually withhold two of those spaces at the same time. Personally, I find myself a lot as the hero and the clown mediator. <laughs> That's that's how I
0: had I know well, when, I we're friends. The, yeah, when I was in
1: grad school hint, hint, we did... toxic relationships
0: um <laughs> <laughs> when I was in grad school we actually did an exercise with the professor had us walk to a corner of the room if you're a hero go to this corner if you're a clown go to this corner <laughs> I'm a clown um and I found myself torn between like do I stand with the heroes or do I stand with the clowns because I can be a little bit of both so I got and I literally told him I was like can I stand in the middle because I have a little bit of both and he's like yeah go ahead stand in the middle but going back to how those roles play a role into us engaging in toxic relationships or toxic connections or dismissing red flags, that plays a role- In the way we love. On the way we love and the way we see the world, right? Yeah. If I was the hero role, the hero, it's typically the problem solver, the saver of the family, the one in control, the one that's like saves the day literally in the name, right? The hero. So I can find myself in relationships where I'm saving my significant other, right? Like I am, I stay in relationships where I play that role of, I got you. Like I'm gonna save you and I'm enabling this person to not,
1: take the steps to be their own hero
0: yeah to do what they need to do to work on their life and solve whatever because i've carried this role my whole life so i've internalized that that that, that's my role that's what i do that's how i feel comfortable that's where my chaos i I embrace that so i find myself doing that again in romantic relationships i find myself little projects yeah and that's what i do because
1: i'm the hero right right What's, what's i and then the next one well Mm-hmm. The other part too is the clown. So the clown is usually the one that like dismisses the tough situations by making light of it, uses humor, humor to cope, humor to cope, right. and and really, when when shit is really crappy, the clown has an awesome way of bringing everyone together through 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 funny shit. Let me tell you a joke, <laughs> right? Like in the middle of like a funeral, funeral, <laughs> yeah, because like,
0: they're so uncomfortable with. The We're seriousness talking of talking about uh, emotions and whatnot that they like, they, it makes them uncomfortable. So they just have to break that silence with jokes and humor.
1: And it's usually the entertainer and the family, right? The clown mm-hmm. is definitely the one that comes in and gets everybody laughing. Yeah. And can get everyone together. Like that's the person that can make everyone forget their issues at the moment. Right. But
0: in in the family system, it can be taken not nah, seriously. If I'm the clown in my family, they're I let like, she never takes anything seriously. And then in my relationship, I find myself doing the same. My partner doesn't take my boundaries seriously, doesn't take what my expectations, what I need, my needs, anything serious because. It could be dismissed. It, it, I'm dismissed because I'm a clown and I keep making light of things and I use humor. And I'm like, hey, I don't like that. But in, in this dynamic, if I set a boundary with my partner and he's like, mm-hmm, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I was just kidding. You you thought I was just like... You know what I mean? Like, because I'm a clown. In the family system, I've been a clown. I've, I embrace my clowniness and, clowniness. and that's... I carry it onto my relationship. The word, clowniness. Clowniness. And then there is the
1: scapegoat. So the scapegoat is usually the one where everybody kind of like shits on them. Like, you've seen the, the, the show Everybody Hates Chris. Nope. Or Malcolm in the Middle. Nope. It's usually the kiddo <laughs> in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's usually the middle child that like has their own little backstory going on and then they open their mouth and everybody shits on them. They're the victim. They're the victim. Everybody relies to take out all their nasty shit on this person.
0: Right. Or they, they, and they internalize that I'm like, I'm like oveja negra. Soy la de la um, the Todo black la... sheep nobody loves me yeah.
1: everything that has to do with bad luck happens to me i'm never gonna be as good enough as the rest of my siblings oh
0: yeah there's that comparison right there right mm. like
1: oh everybody else did this and that and i'm over here like just breaking shit rather than doing things right mm-hmm. everything bad happens to me i just have like a bad juju yeah the, and, and again
0: in relationships that shows up as that the the gaslighting that we were talking in toxicity that's exactly the scapegoat right like I internalize that because my partner does that because he knows he, he can get away with it because I'm I've internalized that role of I'm the scapegoat blame me blame me I'll take it um, yeah. I'm the I'm the shitty person mine. right as
1: well I'll fulfill I'll that take role. it right mm-hmm. and
0: and he does it and continues that pattern I continue to internalize it so I, I ignore like, those red flags I
1: feel like the martyr and the scapegoat go hand in hand because the martyr is kind of like Oh, I'm dying. I think of sadness from that movie. <laughs> from Inside Out. Ah, oh, oh, the world is falling above me. There is nothing I can do. But the difference in between the scapegoat and the martyr is oh. that the martyr actually ends up repeating a lot of the patterns from mm-hmm. past uh, generational trauma. Mm. What I mean generational, I'm talking about familial trauma that's been passed down from generation to generation. Right. So the martyr usually gets stuck in... Well, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm an alcoholic too because my life ain't shit, and I'm just stuck in this hole. And uh. um, I think like uh, the martyr gets a little bit more of the um, brunt in the sense of I'm the victim. Look at me. I'm so sad. Feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. And so you start seeing those patterns too in relationships where you probably might get stuck with the person who's very successful. Or who's moving forward and you just kind of like hold on to their leg. Like to joy. Drag along. And just let me drag along with yeah. you. And they usually get very shamed for it. Like look here you are again crying. You don't know how to do shit. Oh, you're right. I don't know how to do nothing. Where the scapegoat is more of a yeah I fucked up. I take the blame. Let me make up for it. Mm-hmm. Let me overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Let me get a lot of this stuff done. So to prove you that maybe I'm worthy of your love.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's how we carry that on. And that's the reason why we wanted to go into those roles of the family systems. Because they show up later in relationships. Yeah. Right. Those red flags that I keep ignoring, I that's the reason why I ignore them. Because I don't see them because my eyes are used to them. Right. That's been the
1: normal. This is the norm. Yeah. Right. There's also the mediator. The mediator is the one that kind of like makes sure that everybody's safe and it's okay. And usually see them. managing conflict mediator and caregiver are pretty much like the same thing Mm -hmm. and these are the people that take care of the abusive or the dysfunction and makes it work for everybody Mm -hmm. makes everybody feel good but what happens when you make everybody feel good you put yourself last right and that happens a lot in relationships as well where you're like oh i have to mediate this thing so i'm just gonna shut up about my needs and make sure that my partner is taken care of and that you know, leaves kids are taken care of everybody gets taken care of except yeah me. and
0: that leaves room for enabling the person the other person right because you're not allowing them to learn and grow and own their shit because you're the problem solver like you're doing it for them so that can play a role in, in relationships like that that you are enabling your partner
1: to continue these patterns because you're not holding them accountable. And I think the the really interesting part about that, and I'm going to say interesting for lack of a better word, is that you're probably going to be compatible with the person that fulfills that need for you. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that I used to have long discussions with peers, especially when it came to family therapy. It's really interesting to see How a person who is a hero will probably date a person who's a martyr.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because I am the savior and you're the victim. And I'm going to save you. Right. I'm your hero.
1: And it's in an unconscious. So this is the tricky part about chemistry, guys. Like this is right now you're like giving me my favorite candy. I freaking love talking about theory (laughs) and the brain. Hence why I'm a therapist. But you have this connection right mm-hmm. like you meet a person and there's just like this zing this mm-hmm. like woo i like you there's attraction your body makes my body have reactions right? right your brain automatically picks up on the neural neural pathways that the only person have so it's very likely that as you start getting to know each other during that honeymoon stage the martyr puts a really good front about being a hero and the hero tries to really humble themselves to kind of be a little bit more of a martyr. And they're like, "Oh man, this person understands me. Yeah, they do because you're literally complimenting each other. And so unconsciously you make a you make a connection mm-hmm. and, and next thing you know you're like, how the fuck did I get myself into this part pattern? Well because your brain told you it was safe. Mm-hmm. Your your brain learned that this pattern is safe, mm-hmm. so it's very also it's very likely that a clown might get very uh, attached to a mediator mm-hmm. or a caregiver, right? Because the clown
0: avoids things, and the mediator is the one up front. Let's talk about it. Let's let me solve the conflict for mm-hmm. you. So the clown
1: it's gonna hold on to that, right? And you can have a person that's a hero and a mediator, all in the same person and then have another person who's a clown and a martyr at the same person, and they just oh, make magic like,
0: work. Magic, like fireworks <laughs> coming out of their yes. privates. Like, <laughs> I, am so, <laughs> I am so attracted to you. Well, no shit, it's
1: your dysfunctional trauma talking. <laughs> yes, Yikes. yes. And so mm-hmm. that's very important that like as you're going through the stages of partnership, of relationship, that you're able to stay very open, open eyes, open-minded about the fact that this person is probably triggering things in you that you're unconsciously not- Acknowledging.
0: Acknowledging, right. Another reason, too, we stay in relationships, I feel, sometimes is because it's like an anchor to reality because everything else in my life is so- Shitty. Chaotic, shitty, maybe physically, literally, like, my life is in crumbles, And this one person, no matter how toxic they are, it's my anchor to reality and they're keeping me sane and uh, to what or the or it's that one connection that I have to like family and anything that resembles my culture and my upbringing. And this is what I've been told I need.
1: So you keep going back to that and use that. Just disclosure statement to what you've said. If, you're, if you don't have a big support system and your significant other is your only support system, mm-hmm. red flag. Right. Or if it's the
0: one thing that matters the most to you. You can dismiss 90% of the shitty behavior, but it's the one thing that matters the most to you and what brings a lot of value to what you're seeking and needing in your life or you think you want or need, then you're willing to overlook the other crap because you're looking for that 1%. It's like politics, right? Right. If one person has one policy, abortion, that they don't like, or immigration, I'm gonna build a wall, and that's the one thing that matters the most to me. I'm gonna dismiss the the other crappy thing that they're yeah. doing because they're they're the one saving the one thing that I care about, right? right? So same with relationships. Like this person brings to the table that one thing that matters the
1: most to me, so I'm willing to overlook. Yeah, the rest. it could definitely just be good sex. Yeah, it, like some people say like, oh, it's such good sex. And that's the one thing that you're holding on to, red flag. Mm-hmm. I think um, a really big part of it too, like that we have to be very conscious about is our unmet needs as children. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to the role that you feel in your right. family, there's also like needs that as children were not met. So there could be abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a blunt There was divorce and my parents left. It could be parents going on deployment. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be like, it could be an unconscious abandonment. It can be absent parents because they have to work. Right. Mm -hmm. There is dismissive, dismissive, like so dismissive behavior from the parent. Like they're throwing a tantrum. They're very angry or they're very sad. And the parents kind of like, you'll get over it. Mm -hmm. I'll just ignore you. And, and, and that's again. a cultural
0: piece. Yeah. That they you literally told like, no, no agarres tanto al niño porque se va a hacer bracero. Like, if you hold the baby enough, like, they're going to become too used to it and it's not a healthy thing.
1: Yeah. And now we know or the opposite them, about trauma. <laughs> let them build their lungs so they yeah. can yell louder. Like, no, 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 yeah. no. You When a child is, just so you guys know, for the listeners out there that might not know this information, if a child is crying, is because they have an unmet need. And Please. if you don't attend to that need, their little brain is going to get
0: wired and no, there's no point to crying and expressing what I need because nobody's going to come to my attention anyways. And that area of their brain is not going to get developed. The empathy piece, the connection, the attachment, it's going to be really hard. To not impossible,
1: re- but rewire. hard to yep. rewire. Like the whole, I'm not going to tell you mom because I'm going to piss you off. Mm-hmm. rather than telling you because you're my comfort yeah comes from you letting them cry mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a the little basis. babies. So yeah yeah um shaming abuse or not like, or the sense of not being enough like the parent mm-hmm. that you always come in and say mom I got straight A's and a B yeah a B like, not an A plus not an A plus <laughs> I was expecting you to have a 4.0 um or or having narcissistic parents or we talked about this in the toxic toxic uh, episode mm-hmm Um, that narcissistic, narcissistic people get uh, a lot of attention in what they do, but not so much the emotional component. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a parent, oh my God, you got straight A's. You're such a good student. And you're like, yay, my mom loves me. Mom, I hurt my finger. Yeah. You're going to get over it. Bye. And there's like no emotional connection, but there's Mm -hmm. all about like praise in the, in the stuff that you've done. Right. That's how you kind of tender a narcissistic person. Mm-hmm. So um, these are patterns that as children you might get if you're very ashamed, if there's a lot of abuse going on, verbal, emotional, physical abuse, mm-hmm. sexual abuse, psychological, psychological abuse. abuse. theres You're going to probably develop unmet needs as an adult mm-hmm. that you're constantly going to be looking for in a relationship. Right. So if, if you see a child that experience abandonment um if they have a dismissive partner they might not look at it as the partner being dismissive but more of like oh my god i'm really afraid they're gonna leave me because Mm -hmm. they didn't notice i was mad Mm -hmm. and in reality it's just being the partner being a dick or yeah or the
0: opposite where your abandonment show abandonment shows up as neediness in in a relationship you were abandoned by the again the ultimate symbol of love and unconditional affection and now you're so needy right so for your partner that's going to be the red flag on their end oh this girl is needy
1: crazy but for you it's like what this isn't needy he didn't text me back five minutes ago why is he not texting me back what's Mm -hmm. going on like yo like people are allowed to have a life and not be able to look at their phone for an hour it's okay but again it might be that the person is dismissive or it just might be that you're really needy Mm -hmm. yeah but that's how it shows
0: up in in relationships too like sometimes it turns those unmet needs turns into like an internal self-esteem situation whereas my partner was looking at someone while we were at the restaurant and it can be like straight up asshole behavior that he's being extremely disrespectful of you and staring at this girl and objectifying her and everything else in the book or it can be like he just has a natural and he looked and then you, the moment you saw those eyes make a connection with that body, you internalize that crap and you're like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. So you mean to, t- so I'm not good enough. I don't have that body. My, I'm not that pretty. And So it's like now it's like your own issues, your own self-esteem, your unmet needs from earlier in life versus red flags of your parent truly being a genuine asshole.
1: Right, right. So, it, it really has to take a lot of insight from your part to really understand whether it's your partner just being a dick mm-hmm. or you. You said dick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> or you, not really sorry. Or you just having your own internalized um, trauma.
0: Right. So, so, that's where you fall into what you confuse. Oh, we're so compatible. No, you both are toxic and you're like shared trauma. Yeah. Not compatibility, you confuse trauma with compatibility because it's toxic pattern and it's those roles that we're talking about. That's how, going back to what we started this conversation, this is why sometimes we overlook or whether it's willingly or not or subconsciously, we ignore these red flags.
1: So, <laughs> what are some red flags that we can... And we're going to breeze through these because yeah. we get stuck on... We get stuck on, like, explaining every single one of them, and sometimes we can make the episodes, like, yeah. two hours long. Yeah. Legit. So,
0: which, I mean, I think for the most part, they're pretty self-explanatory, too. Yeah.
1: So we're just going to go through them. You do one, I do one, and then ta-da. Ta-da. So one of the
0: first early red flags that we have, communication issues. They don't know how to have conversations. They get really ugly when they argue with you. They have no sense of humor. They're like, that wasn't funny
1: right away. Right. The next one would be like inflexibility or unwillingness to compromise. So you kind of con- constantly feel like you're the one compromising, but the other person is not. Or there's like this feeling of unappreciation. Like you continue to give and, give and give and give and give and give, and the other person's just taking, 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 and they're not really like, wow, thank you so much for doing that. It's just kind of like expected for you to continue to give and compromise on your own. Right. Controlling
0: is another red flag. They want to tell you what to post and what not to post on social media. Who to
1: talk to and not to yeah. talk to. Uh,
0: their social activities, they either spend too much time away from you or they get jealous when you go out with your friends or they want all the time with you and there's no balance there. That can be an early sign
1: too. Relatives um, butting in all the time. So this is important. It's okay to have support systems and to involve your support systems and your decision making i think that's pretty healthy it's when like it's like oh i don't think that she's right for you you should just leave her right. why because x y and C. and then they like come back home like oh you know what i talked to my cousin and I, and i do think that you are not a helpful person in my life and you're like whoa where did this come from <laughs> yeah or they
0: they do the whole like well we got married and my dad wants us to buy a house in texas so we have to move you mean your dad like this is our (laughs) relationship like yeah your parents are fair to be your support system and siblings but there's a line bringing them to the honeymoon yeah there's a line there that we don't want to cross or if you don't like their family sometimes in that honeymoon stage beginning stages you're like oh I don't care but long term is it sustainable for you to hate their mom their sister their brother their cuñado whoever right you gotta pay attention to those things though too yeah or if they don't bring you around their family too red flag, right like you you've never met their families and again it depends on the situation and whatnot and every story is different but but if it's like a genuine you see them going out to carne salas, and they don't ever bring you around it's like "Hmm, how come such a Mexican thing to say, a carne asada. <laughs> a hamburger grilling 4th of July situation, Then,
1: if you didn't like um, that one. I think like if they're very involved with their mom or their dad, I know this sounds like super stereotypical, but it's like daddy's girl or mama's boy. It could be daddy's boy too or, or mama's girl. But it, I think it's,
0: well, and that can be healthy, but there's a fine line. When then they like, my mom doesn't make the enchiladas like that. My mom separates the whites and the colors when we do laundry. Well, go
1: marry your mom then. You know what I mean, like or like. Oh, my daddy like grills this way. Let me talk to my mom about it, and then I'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I think a big red flag also is drugs and alcohol. It. I'm just gonna say it like that. Like pretty self explanatory. Yep. drugs are abusive. Alcohol. We're drinking wine as we speak. <sighs> eh. eh. But if it's like every day, various times a day, I think it's pretty. It's pretty like
0: what's in your face. In your face when it's abusive and borderline unhealthy. Liars, liars, liars. Pants Pants on fire. That one's pretty self-explanatory. When you don't share values with the person, you're not on the same page. Spending habits, like you have no savings, credit score looks like crap, and your significant other is like big into saving and finances and 401ks and retirement and all of this. That compatibility is not there. And granted, it could be that in your family that was never taught.
1: Yeah, and that could be... I think it's more about the value. Let's, ta- let's, let's get away from the monetary piece. It's more about the value. The value, you have right. the value of spending money long term and goals long term. Right. You're not on the same page. It it boils down to that. If I'm like just blowing all my money today on a fucking car that's worth shit but I want to spend X (laughs) amount of money on rims rather than save to buy a house like "Eh." if we are significant others trying to save for a house and you're trying to spend it on rims, like Mm -hmm. your guys are probably not gonna, but
0: that's something that can be overlooked in the honeymoon stage, right? Because you're like, Oh, eventually he's going to mature or eventually, or when she's going to, now when we move in together, I'm going to tell him like, no, 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 honey,
1: you're already seeing the, by Felicia, (laughs) uh, selfishness. I think that's a big one for me. Like a person who's selfish, it's probably not going to listen to your needs. It's probably not going to sit there and consider what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. That filter of like, let me really filter you were talking about what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what I'm, I'm just going to say what I need to say and fuck it if you get hurt. Like, yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. Unreliable.
0: They don't make any plans. Or when you guys do, they flake at the end. They come up with excuses. It's, it's always something, something come up. They don't keep their promises. Red flag
1: disrespect manipulation blaming gaslighting like all of these are hand in hand right like yeah. well I didn't like when you said this well you said that when mm-hmm. I did that so that's why I said it like mm-hmm. or or
0: testing you like oh if you don't do that you you don't love me you don't like me enough like those tests too the very gamey yeah. mentality is like uh. um, um not talking
1: to you when they're mad at you mm-hmm.
0: withholding affection like Mm, I'm throwing a tantrum. I'm mad at you, so I'm not gonna kiss you. I might be. Talking I'm to not guys. gonna have sex with you tonight because I'm mad at you. I mean, there is again, there is a boundaries. Boundary. Yes, like, like, I don't want you to touch me when I'm mad. Of course, there is a boundary, but withholding it intentionally, and, and if you're again intent, if you already cooled off. Intent. Yeah. If it comes from a place that you yourself catch Vindictive. yourself doing it, because like hmm. I'm going to screw him over with this, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk to him, I'm not going to give him a kiss goodbye. Like, that's where the line gets The vindictive, yeah. yeah. Or if they're doing that to you. Um, trust issues. Cheating.
1: I mean, guys, I'm not going to talk a lot about cheating, but, like, if the person doesn't respect you enough to give a fuck about cheating, that should be a red flag. Like, dude, like, if... I don't know. For me, cheating is a big no. Like, but, first time cheating, by Felicia. But there are other relationships that have been yeah. working on it, so I'm not going to yeah. judge. But And it comes, again,
0: cultural thing. If you saw your mom forgive your dad and they, quote unquote, made it work, you're going to most likely going to be like, all right. Or it can be the other way where you're like, hell no, I'm never going to go through that. And the moment you see glimpses
1: of that, you're like, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Right. Holding grudges, being very judgmental, that judgy piece, or the mm. passive aggressiveness. The passive aggressiveness. I fucking can't. Tell me just directive what is pissing you off. Don't give me those little like, well, if you would have done this. I Slamming doors. <laughs> My eyes are rolling so hard right now. Guys, just tell me straight up. Mm-hmm. The way they treat other
0: people too. I think that's the red flag that we can see. If we go to out to eat and you treat the server like pretty crappy... Or you, like, go to the store and you see somebody that looks different than you or, like, has, like, a different socioeconomic status than you, what you perceive you are. Yeah, and yeah. you're, like, dismissive Oof. of them. or you're, like, those people. That's a rough, like, if they can do it to, quote, unquote, those people, they're eventually going to be assholes to you, too.
1: Yeah. I think, like, there's this idea, like, as long as he or she is good to me, I don't care if they're an asshole to the rest of the world. They're gonna do it to you if they're an asshole. To Eventually, the rest of the they're world. gonna be yeah. awesome to you.
0: Um, we talked about neediness already. that need constant attention, or they're like you're their whole world. Like, sit down, I'll bring you water. Like, I can get my own water. <laughs> I'm a big girl. <laughs> chill, 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 chill. Yeah, but they're needy, or and that again comes from that low self esteem place. I think sex
1: is a big piece. Yeah. If your relationship evolves around sex red flag or
0: you're not compatible
1: sexually oh. like you are into different <laughs> my things face. oh you are into different into
0: things you like different things you have one style more free and open and yay let's try it and i'm willing and the, per- the other person it's not and it's very like missionary <laughs> every time but that compatibility if you are a wild child and you're like into like and again, at the beginning the other person might fulfill those needs because the honeymoon and then uh, eventually right, they're like bitch I'm is vanilla not sex
1: and it's not nothing to do vanilla. with it's not it has nothing to do with skin color. It's called vanilla sex because vanilla is like it's, the most yeah, blend the most, yeah. mm-hmm. taste in ice cream. Right, right, right. I know. And that. so the <laughs> I'm just letting people know that vanilla <laughs> but, sex is like missionary every time, 10 minutes, it was great, let's go to bed. And it might work for some people. Right. That might be. The that's way what to we're go saying. If compatibility. compatibility. Mm-hmm. If you're not compatible at the beginning, you're not gonna
0: get compatible. Yeah, maybe if you go to therapy and really put in the there work. There are
1: sex therapists out there. Yeah. If there's um, a lot of like things, there's not a lot in common. Yeah. I think like that's a big one.
0: Yeah, what we said about values and goals in life. If you guys talk about family eventually, and then you're like, I wanna baptize my children, and they're like. I don't. I don't believe in religion. I yeah. don't know. I mean,
1: there is wiggle room to maneuver things and work things
0: out. But-, but there
1: are things that, like I said, like cheating is a thing that I'm not willing yeah. to compromise. And I think atheism is one of the things that I'm not willing to compromise. And so you really have to look into yourself and be like, what are some things that I'm not willing to compromise? Right. Yeah. And if the person that you really love makes you compromise on things that you previously had said you weren't going to compromise on, mm, red flag. Or maybe
0: you're mature and you just realize that it is something willing to give up because the other rest of what this person brings to the table is more than that. But then again, that's a truly honest conversation that you have to have with yourself. And if you're truly being honest with yourself and you're not abandoning
1: yourself, then that's fine. Right. How about um, explosive personalities, man? Like, I think, like, for me, like, emotional dysregulation is a huge red flag. Yelling. If you yell, like, that's intense. Just the fact that you're so upset that you think it's okay to erase your voice, like, to me is like, uh -uh. Mm uh-uh. I I just can't. Or manic. So, mania in our (laughs) field means, like, being overly excited to a point where you're annoying people. Mm -hmm. Like, that says something about your lack of dysregulation. Right. Yeah. You guys should be able to stay in a field where you're, like, sort of settled an emotional regulation. But like there are some times that you're gonna be very excited. Right. Sometimes that you're gonna be very passionate. angry and passionate.
0: But it shouldn't be an everyday thing. Right. If their go to every time the pattern is every time there is disagreement, they turn to yelling, yelling. or that like in your face personality. That manic situation that it's too much twenty four seven. I don't know, again, comes down to, like, do you want to compromise, or is this something worth compromising? Um, still talking to your exes. I think, I think that Dulce and I were like, I don't don't know about that one, but I think, I mean, full disclosure again, damn it, I, I don't, I'm not a petty person, I don't hold grudges if somebody from my past life, my ex, like, hits me up, like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I hate you. I'm never gonna talk to you. I am cordial. I reply, whatever. Now, for my partner, that might come across as disrespectful, right?
1: It, Where for me, I'm like, no, no, honey, you don't even reply.
0: Exactly. They lost you. Bye, Felicia. Exactly. Which again, my in my core, genuinely, I'm not doing it to cheat. I'm not doing it to any malicious thing. Like I'm just literally genuinely replying to someone yeah. like as if it was a friend. Now, for my significant other, that's a red flag on their end and they're like no now you're disrespecting me it comes from their own crap and maybe if we sit down and have this adult conversation, conversation then it. maybe he can understand where I'm compromise. coming from and the compromise right? so yeah. on that one there could be some wiggle room
1: for some people it's a black and white no no and that's fair and some other people have exes that turn out to be their best friends yeah. and there's like they end up being like their best because mates in the wedding and stuff you, so you it's shared
0: just, a lot of things with this person I, but it, I
1: I don't know. For we me, it's grow. a big no. But again, it's just whatever rocks your boat, right? Like if I know that there has been relationships in the past where their exes turn into their best friend mm-hmm. and they're like each other's bridesmaids and groomsmen. That's pushing it. You know, <laughs> but but I, I, I know that it exists. So we're no one to judge, but just keep an eye out on this conversation. Be, be aware of your own boundaries with right. that and where you stand. Yeah. For me, with my significant other, we're both... Under the same impression that exes are not really like someone that Mm -hmm. we're comfortable in bringing to the table like they're our friends. Yeah, there's no. The end. Like no relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other big one I think for me is like the relationship with their exes and how they talk about their exes. If all their exes are crazy, (laughs) there's a common denominator. Who is the common denominator dating (laughs) all of the crazies, people? pay attention the reflection of who you are mm-hmm. but or the relationship that they have with their kids like i am so judgy about that and it's probably because i'm a single mom right right but yeah. if like i'm dating someone and they're like oh yeah i have a kid and i'm like so how involved are you with your kid and they're like well i only see them once a year because blah 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 blah. I'm because like, they're
0: crazy mom
1: <laughs> i'm like let me. Mm-hmm. Okay, have a great day. Nice talking to you. Bye, Felicia. Like, and I'm not saying be judgy and that be because your boundary. Because every is
0: different. Maybe it's genuinely like a thing that the other person doesn't let them.
1: Right, exactly. But I think like you just have to kind of be careful with the relationship that they have with their kids mm-hmm. and how you see that.
0: Or how they treat your kid. If you
1: have a kid and you bring them into your life. You know what it is a really big red flag? If they are a single parent, and they bring the kid to you on the first or second date. Like, no fucks <laughs> Now you're it. being judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fucked up, but like, you're just exposing them to random people all the time. Like, oh yeah, that's my friend. That's my yeah. friend. That's my friend. But again, compatibility. Maybe for you, that's something that's okay. But for me, I'm like, right. on the hell first date, no.
0: you knew like this is my person. And then date number two, you bring the child. little child.
1: Here's your mother. <laughs> what?
0: Skirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what about like for, and I know it's 2020 and this is like, it depends, but like when they don't pay for anything on a date or you always find yourself paying for everything. Is that a red flag? Depends. Because it's like this female empowerment situation. I can afford my own meal, but are we still doing think, the whole like caballero thing?
1: I think it just depends on, on where you stand with chivalry and where you stand in those I can't say the word, roles. that's why I say caballero. <laughs> <laughs> I chivalry. Chivalry. It's okay. We should have practiced before we did this, but anyways, I I think it just stands. It just stands on your belief. Like, do you think that a gentleman should do that? Do you think that we should split it half and half? And I think like that's where the compatibility comes yeah. in. Personally, I like my gentleman.
0: Yeah, to me too. Like, if I go on a first date, and the they bring the bill and the person's like, so we are we splitting it? Do you have cash or you have nah. a card? I'll be like next like <laughs> no and this isn't me being like mantenida or anything like that right like i'm not gonna be like this like high maintenance spoil you pay for me because i can afford my own damn burger and drink but it's i don't know it's something about, about the burgers and drinks i know i don't even drink beer but that was my go-to in my brain um <laughs> but that's a thing for me i don't know and i know it's 2020 and i'm all for female empowerment but something about that initial again it goes back to compatibility yeah um if they can keep a job to me that's a big i don't know about that reliability that we were talking about there's
1: people that are okay with that
0: right or if but they they keep getting fired from her job or they can keep a job like realistically do you see yourself having a family and having a future with this person for some people it's a deal breaker for for some some people people, it's it's a yes like Like, i'll support
1: us both we'll worry about it together So anyways, um, but just be careful. Just keep an eye on that.
0: Last red flag. I think this is huge too. Oh, that one is gigantic. When they're arrogant. If they cannot own their shit, they can say sorry, does not take accountability. That's a big one for me because you you
1: have to be able to own when you make mistakes. I find myself constantly telling people, because I'm trying to be judgy, (laughs) Take an L, man. Just yeah. learn how to shut the fuck up and take an L. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just have to take an L. Like, you fucked up? Just, okay? I yeah. fucked up?
0: The end. But if their
1: pride is more important
0: than your relationship or your feelings, a huge red flag for yeah. me. Yeah,
1: and you start seeing that gaslighting of like, mm-hmm. well, you did this. And yeah. How Somebody, come I can't get someone Someone, whether it's romantic
0: or not, if it's a work or whatever, if someone can't say sorry... That works in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, For
1: sure. For sure. For sure. Um, but that's just our own, maybe for other people. That yeah. Maybe two arrogant people might find each other and they like, work I great. don't see a problem. I don't like saying sorry either. I hate it. I like, oh, yeah, well, there you go. Guys. Compatibility. <laughs> there you go. Go be toxic together,
0: honey. Share trauma.
1: <laughs> don't have kids, please. Uh, <laughs> so, I one thing that I want to touch base before we wrap up, uh, because we're already close to time. What, you talked to me last time I told you guys I was kind of like not feeling so well in the past episodes. So um, I had a lot of conversations with Tanya about relationships. Right. So one of the things that you had mentioned was the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Explain that to us, little people that don't understand what that means. (laughs) Uh, Little little ones. Little ones.
0: So I heard about the 80-20 rule a long time ago. And I was like very interested about this concept because... It was explained along the lines of 80-20 means the person that you're dating in with at any given point in your life, your significant other, it's going to meet 80% of your needs, your wants, your desires, your wishes, anything that you were looking for in a relationship, this person brings 80% to the table. The other 20%, they're lacking. And the 20% can be physically Because realistically speaking, there's always going to be someone better looking than your partner, right? I'm not dating Ryan Reynolds, right? They can be someone with more successful, with more money, someone funnier, someone with a six pack, someone with more family values, more aligned to what you were looking for in life, someone with, I don't know, better sense of humor, better cook nicer body, whatever, right? So 80% that person is not going to have. However, they have 80%. So 20% bo- they're not going to have. 20% they're not going to have. 80% they do, right? In, in, a, in a here. healthy relationship dynamic where that um, spectrum that I was talking about at the beginning where you, someone sometimes go to their side, they come to your side, and but for they're the most like part, flowing. yeah, you're in yeah. the middle. So it boils down to that. Are you happy with the 80 percent that this person brings to the table right do you feel fulfilled does it make you happy are you content in your life with this 80 percent or are you willing to risk the eighty percent chasing the 20 percent are you gonna cheat on your partner or are you gonna be like nah this isn't gonna work for me because i'm looking for someone better looking and risk losing 80 percent because you're constantly chasing the 20%. Right. Right? I think for me, it boils down to that. 80% your needs, it's healthy. It's what you want. Is it worth it to give up the 80, the 20%, right? And that's that compromise and flexibility that we were talking about at the beginning, because we're not saying relationships are easy. They take work and commitment and flexibility and compromise.
1: However,
0: if it's a very one-sided thing where it's one person doing the compromise, one person doing the communication, one person being the flexible one, then that person is not bringing 80%. I think,
1: I think the 80-20% ideology or rule that you were talking about, for me specifically, well, I always say for me specifically. I realize that. I'm trying to stay away from saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think about the amount of happiness in fulfillment, that the relationship brings. Right. If yeah. the relationship brings 80% of fulfillment and happiness and there's 20% of struggle, dude, that's a B. You got it, honey. Like, mm-hmm. go, baby. Mm-hmm. But if Which- I find myself 50% of the time managing conflict and the mm-hmm. other 50% of the time semi happy or happy, like. Putting that's, out fires versus like. Yeah, <laughs> like a 50 50 is not somewhere where I wanna be.
0: Yeah. Thing. yeah which i mean be... and for some people it might be like no i'm not gonna settle for a b i want an a and chase your a baby girl oh, baby boy <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, chase your a yeah but if it's and i think also it can be, it can be applied to this person is going to bring 80 percent to this dynamic and happiness that you were talking about yet you're still responsible for that 20 and that balance of going out with your girls, doing your self-care, doing your own growth as an individual and that your happiness does not depend on this individual. Right. 20% of this is on you. You own that and you do what you need to do to be happy even if you were single,
1: right? So that I think can that's be the used. big piece. Mm-hmm. So for me to be in a relationship, you have to make me happier than I make myself. Mm. And that's hard. That's a really hard, like that's a really hard space to fill because it's I'm, a high standard for that you is a very high standard yeah and i think that's important as you bring these things to the table and that's toxicity and understanding your patterns and stuff i think it's very important to understand what standards is the other person fulfilling so my 80 percent for a person who's codependent is very good gonna be very different than than my 80 percent Does that make sense? So a person that, like, really needs somebody and doesn't want to be alone forever, they might settle for, like, an 80 that's, like, average-ish. It's more like 60-40. Right. (laughs) Where, for me, an 80%, it's almost like a 90. Yeah. Like, you have to bring a lot to the table for me to be with you because I'm very happy by myself. So, and, I, and I think that's what people talk about when they talk about finding your happiness and fulfilling that need. Because if you're not able to kind of come into the table with your happiness on the table, it's really hard to really pinpoint those boundaries. I'm not okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Because you can find yourself saying, well, I'm actually not okay with that, but I really don't want to be alone, so I'm just going to shut the fuck up and deal with it. Right. And take it. Mm-hmm. right yeah. and so it, the the high standard is very different right
0: which is it, it boils down to that right like what we've been talking about this whole time when we talk about how this comes from unmet needs on your childhood trauma environment your upbringing it boils down to that we don't say that as an excuse and give you a free pass to continue this toxic patterns but more so uh owning it
1: and working taking on responsibility. it, taking responsibility.
0: Yeah, taking accountability is a huge one. Um, you're not responsible for whatever happened to you, but you're responsible for whatever's gonna happen next. For changing it,
1: yes, mm-hmm.
0: and breaking patterns and and cycles and whatnot.
1: So, I, what do we do when we find ourselves in this toxic relationship? What are what options do we have? Well, I think if you find yourself
0: ignoring red flags patterns every time in a relationship you find yourself and then you hit the wall and it's like yep it's the end of it I knew it and I should have done it earlier then it's probably a good idea to take time out how are you contributing to reinforcing those patterns over and over and over again right and, and that's speaking for myself too like why do I keep doing this and, and working on your own happiness like you were saying and once you're at a place where you're happy with yourself you understand. That you're a hero and that you're a savior and you want to save people. Now it's going to bring more awareness for your next relationship. And you're like, all right, I'm going to be very mindful and intentional about not saving my partner. But having them be the 80% that I need. Or your current relationship. Yeah. Or if you're in a
1: relationship right now. Yeah. Like, I think it's important to say, um, save that grace of maybe there is a way that this relationship is going to make me grow. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is teaching me to set those boundaries. Yeah, get me out of my comfort zone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's very important to note that if you find yourself in a place where you or your partner have to change that sense, that aura, that core belief in you, like being selfish being narcissistic, if you find yourself saying things like, I'm going to change or he's going to change or we're going to change or she's going to change, that might be a a space where you really might want to ask yourself if you really want to stay in this. Because change is a tough, tough thing to do. And it has to be conscious for both of you. And it doesn't do it just unconsciously. You have to consciously sit there and choose to change. Right. It's what and we that said takes in toxic. months mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you want to go into a, a therapist, a marriage and family relationship therapist. Do that, honey. If you think that's going to help both of you and you're both going to put your mind and spirit and heart into it and maybe six down, six months down the line, because yes, realistically speaking, change takes about six months you find yourself in a space where you feel more comfortable then more power to you but if you're sitting here and you constantly find yourself like falling back into these patterns and your guys are not getting anywhere sadly like what is it that you need to do to get out yeah yeah you gotta look at
0: why like why do i allow myself to continue this pattern
1: yeah, taking ownership to it, right? And I think um, one of one of our listeners, one of our six listeners, <laughs> asked me one time uh, after listening to the toxic relationship. She said, "What if I can't get out of that 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 pattern? What if I can't get out of that relationship, right, with the toxic person?" Mm-hmm. The answer to that is is the toxic person willing to change with you? Yeah, and if the answer is yes. I praise couples that are able to go to therapy and that are able to change and do those things together. It takes a lot. A lot
0: of... Talk about being vulnerable. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But if if the love for each other and the desire to have this healthy pattern for your children, for yourself, for whatever it is, um, is there, then hold on to it and do it. Because we wouldn't be in this field if we didn't believe in change. Right. Right. We believe in change. And the big reason why we tolerate a lot of toxicity in our life is because we we really give the benefit of the doubt We to see the good in
0: people. Yeah, we I'm, see I'm the not, good in I'm people. a high
1: horse, but we do see the good in people. Yeah. And so I think it's important to highlight that as we talk about this. Like, we are not condoning toxic relationships if you're stuck in one and it's kind of getting to a point where it's like, really taking a toll on you emotionally, physically, mentally, mentally. by Felicia, by Felicia, their asses. Right? right. But if you find yourself in a point where you both can work on it and move forward, yeah. go ahead with your
0: bad self. Yeah. Like, Please I, do. I would ask like, why is it that you feel that you can't get out of this relationship? Maybe the work needs to be more individual at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it that you are so codependent? And, and I don't mean that in an unhealthy way of this person, that you don't feel that you can walk away from someone toxic. Right. Is it because you're torn and they're playing games with you that they say they want to change and they do a little bit of work, but then they go back to the old behaviors and it's that pattern? What is it, right? You got to mm-hmm. really dig deep into and, it. And
1: sometimes it just takes you going to therapy, like you say, individual part. Right. And really working on being assertive, really working on setting those boundaries, really working on mm-hmm. being comfortable. And, and you'll find you know, your answers there. Mm-hmm. Whether it's
0: like you're going to walk away from this or you're going to put in the work.
1: Right, right. So just we encourage you guys to find the help you need. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself... I hope this episode really brought a lot of awareness into your own traumatic familiar patterns. Mm-hmm. And also red flags in a relationship yeah. and i hope that you're able to kind of sit back and say you know what i think i bring a lot of toxicity into the relationship mm-hmm. or my pattern is, my partner is actually very toxic and that you're able to ask for help if you need it whether it's individual therapy couples therapy family therapy support system anything best friend drinking wine and singing Chakita from the top of your lungs (laughs) just kidding (laughs) whatever that might look like please don't you're not alone um like we say in in every episode look for help you're not alone there is a light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. hold on to your support systems as hard as you can and then and put yourself first i mean
0: that's something right but sometimes we gotta be a little selfish a little it, very and sometimes we got to be very selfish and put your own needs especially if you come from this like distorted mentality and patterns of it's my responsibility no it's not you deserve to be happy you deserve to be in healthy relationships you deserve you deserve it like you deserve you, to be in a healthy to be in a healthy relationship everybody every deserves they. to be in a healthy yeah. relationship everybody yeah so I think that's gonna wrap it up on that note thank you guys for listening today I appreciate you and <laughs> send us your feedback send us ideas for topics if you have something or if you want us to go deeper on whatever we talk about in one of these episodes feedback
1: is welcome absolutely feedback is definitely very helpful yes so, we'll talk to you guys later have Thanks a great one. Bye. bye thank you for listening We hope this was the start of the conversation for you, and know that you're not alone in whatever journey you're walking. We know these discussions might bring up some challenging emotions or thoughts, so please remember that although this is a safe space to start your healing process, it is not meant as a replacement for therapy. So please reach out and seek professional help. You're not alone. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time.